Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. As part of our HBR Minute series, spotlighting thought-provoking HBR videos and their key takeaways, today I explore Whitney Johnson's recent HBR video, How and When to Disrupt Your Career and Yourself. Welcome back to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Today, I'm exploring Whitney Johnson's recent HBR video, How and When to Disrupt Your Career and Yourself. If you're comfortable but bored at your current position, you're in the danger zone. Here are some ways to keep growing without leaving your company. Whitney Johnson, an executive coach and author of Disrupt Yourself, says we give a lot of airtime to building disruptive products and services to buying and or investing in disruptive companies, and we should. Both are vital engines of economic growth, but the most overlooked engine of growth is the individual. If you are really looking to move the world forward, begin by innovating on the inside and disrupt yourself. As we explore this video together today, I'll share brief little clips of this short video and then share some of my thoughts and comments. And I'll catch you on the flip side of this first clip. So what do you do when you are working at a company and you've been there for in the same role for three or four years and you love this company? I mean, you believe in the company, you believe in the mission, but the problem is there's this creeping feeling that it's time for you to do something new. You're not really playing to your strengths. You're not getting to use your strengths every day. Like you wake up in the morning on Monday and you're like, oh my goodness, I have to go to work. Sometimes maybe even getting sick. That's a signal for you that like, oh, maybe it's time for you to do something new. So what do you do? What do you do? One of the experiences I had is I was working on Wall Street and I had been an equity analyst for about eight years. I was an institutional investor ranked analyst and really at the top of my game. And I, 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 it was like, it's time, like it's time for me to do something new. And I went to my boss, I said, hey, I wanna do something new. It, it feels like it's time. And he said, really, no, really, we like you right where you are. So within a year, I left. Had it been possible for me to jump to do something new, to disrupt myself inside of the organization, I wouldn't have left. I would have stayed where I was. And so that led me on this journey of how do I build out a framework or codify a process so that people that are high performers who want to stay at an organization that they love will stay. What does that look like? You're bored. Why? Because you're no longer learning. It's not that I don't like this company. It's not that I don't like this boss. It's just that I am not learning anymore. So that's the first thing that you, you want to understand is that everyone's on an S-curve. Okay, now that you're at the top of that S-curve, if you try to stay there too long, your plateau will become a precipice. It's about continual growth and development, continual learning. 
when we plateau, we're not stretching anymore. We're not pushing, we're not challenging, we're not innovating, and we're getting bored. Our engagement suffers, our satisfaction suffers, our performance may be adequate, but it's no longer going to excel. And frankly, we're going to be doing ourselves and our team and our organization a disservice. It's really interesting to think about retention as it comes to the S-curve and as it comes to continual growth and development. When people don't have the chance to grow, when they do plateau, if they don't have a chance to have a new stretch opportunity, a new challenge within their current workplace, then they will often leave. So we have to think as leaders, how can we provide meaningful opportunities for our people on an ongoing basis? And when they learn, when they grow, they're going to master what they're doing, and eventually they're going to need something new to learn and grow with. That can be new challenging projects, that can be new teams that they're a part of, new task force. It, it could be a whole variety of things. But as leaders, we need to look for those opportunities for our people. And as individuals, we need to seek those opportunities for ourselves and figure out how to have an effective conversation with our boss about what our next opportunity might be. If that opportunity doesn't emerge, then inevitably what ends up happening eventually is you disengage in your current job, which is not ideal for anyone, or you leave. You end up taking on a challenging opportunity somewhere else, and you continue your growth there. In a sentence, what is the S-curve? Okay, yeah, so, um, you know what, no one's ever asked me to say it in one sentence, isn't that funny? So what is the S-curve? The S-curve is a learning curve. Everyone's on a learning curve, including you. It looks like this, there are three parts. Number one, there's the low end or the launch point of the curve and it's characterized by inexperience. You've just started a new role, you just started a new job. Growth is going to be slow and that means that some days you're gonna feel kind of discouraged. Then there's a sweet spot or steep part of the curve which is characterized by exhilaration and learning and confidence. Things will be hard but not too hard, easy but not too easy. All of your neurons are firing. This is that sweet spot of that S curve. And then there's the high end of the curve. The high end of the curve is where you've become a master. You've mastered your domain, which is characterized by boredom. But what's encouraging about that is then you can say to yourself, okay, that's why I'm cranky. That's why I'm bored. That's why I'm feeling like I need to do something new. And once you know that, you can say, all right, I need to do something about that. What are we going to do? What are we gonna do when we get to that point where we've plateaued, where we've hit the par top part of that S-curve, where we're no longer challenged, where we wake up in the morning and we're not excited and passionate about getting to work, tackling the challenges of the day, working on new issues, new topics uh, that get us excited, that will allow us to innovate. When we're not in that situation anymore and we get bored, what do we do? At that point, do we choose to leave at that point do we approach our boss and say hey what now uh, at that point what do we do that's a really important question and i think each of us needs to consider what we would do if and when we find ourselves in that situation because high performers will find themselves in that situation it's inevitable eventually you will maximize your potential at your current role and you have to move on either within the organization in a new challenging context or somewhere else and organizations don't want to lose their best people. They don't want to lose their top performers, their high performers and A players. So if I'm a leader, I need to be proactively thinking about my people and I need to be thinking about who is in need of new such opportunities. Because if I don't think about it, 
and I don't coach them and mentor them to think about it, then ultimately what's going to happen is one day I'm going to be at work trying to put out a fire, trying to make sure we're accomplishing some uh, team goal. And then I'm going to have this high performer walk into my office and say, hey, I got an offer. I'm displaced. Here's my two-week notice. And then you're in a crunch. You're in a bind because one of your best people, perhaps your very best person, is leaving your team. And all because you haven't continued to give them a challenge. You haven't recognized their need for continual growth and development, continual learning. I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. You might be thinking, all right, (laughs) really? Like, I'm really enjoying the top of this S-curve. It's pretty comfortable. And for me to jump to a new S-curve, it's going to be kind of scary. It means I need to put myself into a situation where things are brand new and really uncomfortable and I really don't want to do it. But it's also scary if you don't jump. If you're too comfortable, we're, we, we stop growing, we get complacent and that is a huge, huge danger zone. Let me tell you, um, for anybody who knows anything about mountain climbing, you'll know that when you get to an altitude above 26,000 feet, it's, it's the, the death zone because you're so high up, your brain and body start to die. Well, when people are at the top of an S-curve, it's, it's also the death zone because if you stay there too long, your brain and your body, they, they start to die. You have to do it. Complacency really is a huge danger zone because we get sloppy. When you're complacent, you're not engaged. When you're complacent, you're not really striving. You're just satisfied doing the bare minimum. And frankly, that's not good for the individual. That's rather toxic for the individual, but it can become toxic for the team as well. When your top performers move into that zone of disengagement where they're no longer stretching, they're, they're at that point really just doing what's required of them because they're not invested anymore, they're not passionate, they're not excited anymore. That can actually then lead to all sorts of toxic behaviors and negative culture within the team, within the organization, particularly as you put them up against those new, hungry, 
employees, those new hungry team members who are excited about their job, they're on that, that first part of the S curve and they're learning and growing, they're pushing, they're stretching. And because of the learning curve, they may not be as productive yet, but to see their effort and then juxtaposition that with your high performers lack of effort because they're complacent and they're bored it can cause lots and lots of problems for everyone so it's not ideal you want to get out of it and again from a leadership standpoint i do not want that to happen within my team i need people to continue functioning at a high level and that requires me to continue to develop and challenge them and on an individual level I want to continue to grow myself because that's where I'm going to find the most satisfaction, the most happiness and joy, the most purpose in my work, the most meaning. And those are the main drivers of high productivity, performance, satisfaction, and engagement. Okay, you're at the top of an S-curve and you're like, okay, I got to jump to a new S-curve and it's either going to be at another company, but I'd like it to be here right? Because I like this company. I like my boss. How do you craft that conversation with your manager? You want to do everything that I didn't do. Like what I did on Wall Street. I'm bored. I want to do something new. In my naivete, expecting my boss to just figure it out for me. I've learned some good lessons. Be very proactive. You want to go in and say, you know, it's time for me to do something new. I've noticed that there is an opportunity over here, meaning a problem that the organization needs to solve over here. And I think I can help solve it. And so I'd like to go do that. What I will do is I will commit to make sure that when I go do this, and I hope that you will back me, I will make sure that I train my successor so that you, my boss, are not left in the lurch. We sometimes forget that our boss has a job that they need to get done, and if we leave, then it will be hard for them to get it done. But if you can find a place for yourself to go, manage so that the person who will fill your slot will be able to move in very quickly, then there's no interruption of business, then you've solved a lot of the problem or the challenge of why your boss might say, well, you know, I don't want you to go. Well, you're like, well, actually, in the long run, this is not only going to benefit me, but it's, it's going to benefit you and the organization. As an individual, if I want to give myself the best shot to jump S-curves within my existing organization, I need to plan out and be prepared for that conversation that I'm going to have with my boss. I need to recognize that he or she is as worried about change as most people are. Most people don't like change. They're comfortable. They they just want to be able to get their work done. And when your boss sees a high performer basically threatening to leave, that can be really, really discouraging and frustrating. That can That can really be disconcerting. And so we need to make sure that we lay out for our boss and have be prepared for that conversation that we have thought it through, that we understand what it would mean for us to maybe jump to a different role, a different position and leave the team. But we know who could take our place. We know how to prepare the team for our departure. We know how to prepare uh, and and share our institutional knowledge with others so that, that the the team can move on without missing a beat. That's what we need to try to do for our boss so that they can feel more inclined to empower us to help us find those next stretch opportunities. You as a leader, you as an organization need people who can grow. You need people who learn, leap, and repeat. 
And so the challenge for you as a manager is if this person is good at what they do, is to make sure that they jump to new S-curves. Sometimes they're gonna approach you and want to jump to an S-curve, and if you wanna retain them, then you gotta let that happen. Um, sometimes they won't approach you, but they've been a high performer in the past, in which case you need to push them. Because if they're at the top of the curve and they're bored, they're either gonna leave or they're gonna disengage, they're gonna be complacent and stay, which is bad. It's bad for them, it's bad for you, it's bad for the company. I have this hypothesis that whenever people lose their jobs, I've lost my job before, my argument to you is when you lose your job, hypothesis, you're at the top of that S-curve. It's time for you to jump, you know it, and you won't do it, so the universe gives you that nudge. Do you want to disrupt yourself, take control of the situation, figure how and when and what you jump to? Or do you want to get pushed off the cliff? Your plateau becomes a precipice. I love how she looks at both angles of this. She looks at the organizational leader's need, the necessity of the leader to be aware of where their team members are at in their own S-curves and give them, provide the opportunity for them to jump to the next S-curve, recognizing that if you don't do that, they'll either leave or they'll become complacent, they'll be bored, their performance will either stagnate or they might have negative cultural impacts on the team as you move forward. All in all, it's bad for all the reasons I mentioned just a moment ago. So we, we don't want that to happen. And as a leader, I need to be able to spot that danger zone uh, with my people and to have those conversations if they're not proactively coming to me to have those conversations. I need to plan out. I need to think succession planning, not just in terms of formal roles, but also in terms of just stretch opportunities for my people so that they can get new skills and they, they can feel engaged and continue to be passionate about their work. And then, of course, as individuals, ultimately, we have to own our own engagement. Uh, it's, it's great when an organization can foster an environment where leaders take on some responsibility for that and where they are proactive in helping their people move and grow and develop. But the reality is ultimately we can't control that as individuals. All we can control is ourselves. And so if we recognize our need to cont for continual growth and development, we can have that conversation with ourselves, with our partners, with other significant individuals in our lives and make sure that we're taking the steps necessary uh, so that we can continue to have that invigoration in our work, that we know that we need to jump to the next S-curve, whether that's in our current organization or if that's uh, outside in a different opportunity, a, a different company, or even an entrepreneurial endeavor that maybe we're going to start. So we need to continue to stretch, we need to continue to grow, and we need to be committed to that lifelong learning and continual development. When we do that, when we are willing to disrupt ourselves, then that will bring the greatest sustainable innovation for organizations, but it will also help us maximize our human capital potential individually as a team and as an organization. I hope you've enjoyed this discussion as we've explored this HBR video in our HBR Minute today. And as always, I hope you stay healthy and safe, that you find meaning and purpose in work each and every day, and I hope you have a great week.
alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years. With increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition, the average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life. Check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week.